Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I'm Pastor Sam and today we have a wonderful passage in God's Word to go over this morning in Proverbs chapter 13. But first I want to give a quick shout out to Equipping the Persecuted, a ministry that looks out for the needs of those in Nigeria who have suffered just grave persecution. I mean, it is it is some really bad persecution that they suffer there in Nigeria. And this Saturday, they have a big fundraiser in Sioux City where they are bringing in none other than Hercules himself. That's right. Kevin Sorbo is coming as a keynote speaker. And you can find more details out about that at Equipping thepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. I will go ahead and put that in the, uh, the that link in the description here of uh, the, the podcast this morning. But I would encourage you to consider giving to this great mission, even if you can't make the fundraiser, and partner with this with this great mission as they build God's kingdom in Nigeria. Well, let's go ahead and let's dive into the Word of God today. Let's get to Proverbs chapter 13. In Proverbs chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says this, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but but strife, but the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snare of death. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the follow ground of the poor, and for a lack of justice there is waste. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be 
and want. Well, I want to start off today here in verse 3. And with this simple idea of guarding your mouth. Now, this verse has stuck out to me for a really long time. In fact, back in high school, I went and I put this, I mean, I can't believe, you know, I may be aging myself just a little bit, but back in high school, you know, when I had a flip phone, you know, back back when the cavemen were going around and saying it's uh, so easy a caveman can do it about Geico and things like that. But, but I went on my flip phone and I had that as the banner on top of my flip phone was Proverbs 13.3. And it says this, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And this is because, you know, back in high school, I, I really, really struggled with uh, with my mouth, not necessarily with perversity or anything like that. But man, I like to talk back. I really like to debate and, and I really like to go and to, to, to really just stir the pot. Sometimes I still like to stir the pot, in fact, and sometimes I still enjoy a good debate. But, but I would just go and debate and it didn't matter what position I was taking, whether I was playing devil's advocate or I was actually arguing for my position. I just wanted to go and to destroy the other person. I didn't care if I convinced them or not. I wanted to beat them down. And I knew I needed to guard my mouth. And of course, this verse says that he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Be careful in what you say. Be careful in what you say. It doesn't mean that you won't say difficult things. In fact, it means that you will keep from saying foolish things. That's the the point of this verse. See, at times it's necessary to speak, but at times it's best to not speak. And both of these traits come from guarding your mouth. See, we can understand guarding your mouth from saying foolish things. We, we understand that concept. That's kind of a, well, duh, yeah, I understand that concept, right? Uh, this whole idea of we don't want to say foolish things, um, as we have all probably stuck our foot in our mouth one or 200 times, right? We've probably all done that before uh, a few times. And we can understand that concept. When it comes to guarding our mouth, that's the first thing that comes to our mind is, hey, let's not say dumb things. Let's not say dumb things. Don't say silly things. But do you also guard your mouth against silence when it is right to speak? Do you also guard your mouth against silence when it is right to speak. See, we don't consider a dog trained who just lays and naps all day. We, we just consider that to be an old, tired dog, not necessarily a trained dog. In fact, a completely untrained dog can still grow up and, and eventually come to a point where they just lay down and nap all day, right? That doesn't make them a trained dog. It makes them an old, tired dog. But a trained dog does the right thing at the right time, and he waits for when it is time to do the next trick or command. And that's how our mouth should be. We should guard our mouth in such a way that it is trained to speak when it is necessary for us to speak, to say the right things when it is necessary for us to say the right things, and of course, to shut our mouth when it's time to not say the right things, to, to, when it's time to be quiet. You need to go and to guard your mouth. In fact, when you do this, it, it ends up preserving your life. It, it makes your life much better. But when you open wide your lips, when you don't have a trained mouth, when you're just going and you're being silent when you should be speaking, when you're going and speaking when you should be silent, things like that, he opens wide his lips, what will you have? You'll have destruction in your life. Your life will fall apart 
if you don't get control of your lips, if you don't get control of your mouth. The second thing I want us to see here this morning is that we need to leave an inheritance. We need to leave an inheritance. In verse 22, it says this, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. You know, simply put, you should set financial goals. You should set financial goals. See, God created this physical world, right? Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 when you're reading and you're seeing God spoke and this came about and God spoke and that came about and all these things that we see with our eyes today, this whole world, God created it and the materials, of course, that built these things. Isn't that amazing that God did that? Look around the room that you're in. See the things that you can see. Maybe there's a window that you can go and look out and you can see all the things that God has made. Isn't that incredible? But you know, one of the things that is included in that and specifically listed is is gold, right? And God said, all these things of creation, he said that it was good. Now, while your life shouldn't be driven by the dollar, you also should give attention to make sure that you're being a good steward of what you have. That is so important to understand. In fact, this is wisdom. Remember, this is Solomon writing to his son. And what does he say? I love this in this verse with where we're going. First of all, he's going and he's telling them, like, look, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And then he comes here and it's like, hey, watch your pocketbook. Watch your pocketbook. Leave an inheritance. See, you need to be thinking generationally because it's not just this idea of leaving an inheritance, but he says a, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You need to be thinking generationally. Are you seeking to supply the next generation and the one after that with the means to do great things for God? Think about that for just a moment. Let me say it again. Are you seeking to supply the next generation with the means to do great things for God. Think of David and how he laid up all this material for Solomon to go and to build a great temple to God. Are you laying up material things, an inheritance, so that somebody can go and take that and do even greater things for God than what you were able to do in your life? See, we should be going and having the next generations build on top of us. We should be doing greater and greater and greater things for God. But so many times we miss this principle of leaving an inheritance that we don't equip the next generation properly a lot of times. A lot of times we just miss that. See, this is something that's often cast aside. See, there are those who reject the idea of wealth, so they never gain control of their pocketbooks. They go and they say, look, uh, you you know, I'm just going to be focused in on Jesus so much that I just don't even care about my pocketbook. And while it seems like a noble thing to say, the problem is, is that the word of God has a lot to say about your pocketbook. Then there's another type of person, and this is maybe where a lot of other people end up uh, in this camp as well. And there are those who love riches so much that their pocketbook gains control of them. See, there are those who deny the reality of a pocketbook that it has any spiritual significance whatsoever, and so they never gain control of it. And then there are those who they, gain, they, they give so much credence to their pocketbook that their pocketbook controls their life. Neither one of these ditches is biblical. 
See, God wants you to master your pocketbook and ultimately he wants to master your pocketbook so that you are a good steward and so that you do great things for God and you prepare the next generations to do great things for God. Isn't that awesome to think about? Leave an inheritance. Now, speaking of inheritance, that reminds us, of course, of children, and you should love your children. Isn't that a simple thing to say, right? You should love your children. That seems like a well-duh thing. Now, although we live in, of course, a a, a world, uh, a country that has murdered, you know, 70 million babies or something like that uh, since 1973, and so maybe it's you know, not quite as obvious as what I think it should be. But in verse 24 here, we see that we ought to love our children. And it gives us a way to love our children. Excuse me, in verse 24, it says this, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Boy, does this fly in the face of our culture today. This really flies in the face of our culture today. In fact, I've got a lot of real-world experience with how much this flies in the face of our culture today. As, as many of you know who are listening, and if you don't know, you will know after I tell you, we, my wife and I, we've adopted two sons, uh, Thomas and Henry, and both of them we adopted, uh, in, interestingly, from our home state in the, the area that, that, that Sarah grew up in and where, where I lived there for a while in the Cedar Valley, and both of them from, from Waterloo is, is where they're from uh, originally, where they were born. Uh, that, that's kind of interesting, but both of them were adopted through the foster system, and of course, we adopted Thomas first um, a couple weeks ago or a week ago or so. I, I told the story of, of adopting Thomas. Just briefly, um, I, I don't remember that was maybe Proverbs two or three, so maybe the second or third. If you want to go back and listen to that, but we also adopted Henry. But in between that, the adoption of Thomas and Henry, we had a big fight with DHS. And when I say a big fight with DHS, I mean a really big fight with DHS. I mean published in national newspapers and all kinds of stuff. And what happened was that Iowa DHS came out with rules, and there were a couple of them that were were, were big deals. One was that they came out and they said, look, if you are a foster parent, you're not allowed to spank your biological or adopted child If you hold a license, think about that. It doesn't matter if you have a foster child in your home. We're not talking about spanking a foster child. We're not talking about spanking a, uh, a, a, a biological or adopted child in front of a foster child. We're just talking about if you hold a license, they're saying you cannot do this. You cannot spank your child. The second thing that they went and they said was what had to do with vaccines, and it was very much a, a, a similar idea of a vaccine mandate um, w- with that whole idea of just holding a license. Now, interestingly, a lot of people uh, would think, especially because I've been known for standing up against vaccine mandates, that the, the big driving force was the vaccines. Uh, and, and while I was glad to stand up for that, the big thing that really made me go, hey, we have to stand up against this, though. I mean, this is a line that 100 percent we cannot cross. I, I couldn't cross the vaccine one either, but this was one that I was going, there's no way we could cross this line was the spanking one because I love my children. And this is what it says. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. And of course, the whole idea is talking about the rod here. That's the context. He who spares the rod hates his son. And so what ends up happening with this is uh, I, I end up going and getting quoted in the, the Iowa Standard, uh, just a small quote on this. But then the Des Moines Register, the biggest newspaper uh, in Iowa, goes and calls me up and asks me to do an interview on this. 
And then from that, that interview ended up getting picked up by USA Today. It went out national across everywhere. They, they, they had a picture of my family's face, uh, me, my wife, and Thomas. Uh, out on USA Today, I started having people calling me all kinds of stuff. I had no idea that it was going out to USA Today. It, it was kind of crazy. It went out to a bunch of other news sites too. And what ends up happening is that DHS backed down. They changed their policy. Praise the Lord for that. But, you know, DHS wasn't very happy with me and my wife because of that, because, you know, they had egg on their face. They got called out publicly and they certainly didn't like looking bad. Well, what happened? Well, you hear all these cries for, we need more foster parents. We need more foster parents. All the while, me and my wife were foster parents, and we didn't get call a call for months and months. It just took forever and ever and ever. Why? Because we were blackballed by DHS. We were blackballed. Now, this is before we had Henry. How in the world did we get Henry? Well, Henry ended up right out of the hospital, right after he was born, ended up, ended up going right into a foster home. Uh, as a newborn, and the family that had him r realized, man, newborns are a little bit difficult, and he had some health issues uh, that were going on in his life where he was called, I believe it was was near 15 families, maybe it was more than that, but it was 15 people or so or so that were called, and because of his, the health issues that he had at the time and the restrictions that he had, they were unable to take him, and finally they got so far down in the list where they Talk to somebody who said, I know just who to call. And they called us. We didn't hesitate. We took him uh, into our home and we've been blessed ever since. But it was God moving in an incredible way for us to get Henry. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And, and of course, uh, we were sitting out here go, realizing when we stood up against uh, the policy that DHS had, realized we might not be able to adopt another child from foster care because we knew that it might make them mad. But we said, you know what? I love, we love our son. And so we're going to stand up for what's right. And we're going to stand up for discipline and biblical chastening. See, true love for your children includes spanking them. If you do not spank your children, let me just put it frank for you. You do not love your children if you do not spank them. The Bible couldn't be clear. Listen to God. Listen to God's word. Love your children today. Leave an inheritance and guard your mouth. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8 and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nothing we can't overcome So that boy